we are continuing in our series through the book of Colossians, uh, which we started a few weeks or months ago. Um, and we'll be picking up in Colossians 2, verse 6. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians 2, uh, verse 6. And uh, we will pick up there in a moment. Uh, Paul's first chapter, which we've just worked our way through. Um, and in fact, his entire letter to Colossians is full of the radical grace of God. Uh, Paul says that Paul ha- uh, that Paul has that God has uh, rescued us, that He's moved us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the Son He loves, um, and that in doing so, uh, we've been placed in Christ. Uh, that God has qualified us for eternal life when we couldn't qualify ourselves, uh, that He's made us pure and holy and blameless, uh, in a sense, in His sight, but remembering that His sight is the deepest reality, uh, the truest thing uh, about us. Uh, That's now at the core of who we are. We can say, I am a new creation in Christ, uh, and equally so, I am holy, I am blameless, Uh, I am pure, I've been made so uh, in Him as a follower of Jesus. And so as a result, we are on this uh, sort of grace-filled, God-centered journey. Uh, And uh, we are in that journey then growing toward fullness in Christ. Uh, We have a race to run that we've been qualified for, uh, but it all happens in the context of this amazing grace uh, that we couldn't earn, that we don't deserve, Uh, but that Paul, in a sense, is calling us to acknowledge and soak in and center ourselves on. Uh, Paul continues. We're picking up in chapter 2, verse 6. He says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray um, for us as a community that we would be walking in um, in your triumph, in your victory, Uh, over the forces of sin and death and darkness and the the demonic forces that oppose us, uh, but also over uh, the deceptive philosophy of the world and all of its many forms uh, that it takes. And we just pray, Lord, that you would lead us into that place. We can't always find that place, but you actually describe our relationship. You're so much bigger and higher and wiser than us that our relationship is one of sheep to a shepherd that you are infinitely more wise, that you are infinitely uh, able uh, to lead us into places uh, that are life-giving and transformative for us. And so uh, we invite you uh, to come and lead us into those places this morning. Would you free us, Lord, uh, from some of the things we'll talk about this morning and many other things that we don't even have time to talk about, but what Paul calls the hollow, deceptive, sort of empty philosophy of the world. Uh, Would you free us, Uh, from those things. In Jesus' name, amen. For as long as uh, most of us live, uh, my assumption is that we will remember 
uh, March of 2020. Uh, and in fact, mid-March of 2020, uh, when our world was upended by COVID-19. Uh, my wife and I were getting ready to leave for an anniversary trip. Uh, it was the first of its kind for us. Uh, we had saved up airline miles to go to Palm Springs. Uh, never done a trip like that. The kids were staying at home. We had lined everything up. Uh, our bags were packed. Uh, our tickets you know, were booked. We were all set to leave on Monday morning, which was our, our actual uh, anniversary. Uh, and then the news start came rolling in. Uh, the Thursday prior, the United States canceled uh, all of its, its flights to Europe. Uh, the following day, that Friday, I think was when many school systems started announcing that they were going to have closures. And then as we got into the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, more and more of our public spaces uh, started closing down. And by Sunday night, uh, we got word that many of the places in Palm Springs uh, were already closed. And uh, I think that Sunday, if I remember, was the first Sunday. It was supposed to be three Sundays that we were supposed to take off. Um, and so that Sunday was the first uh, gathering that we had canceled, uh, never, never thinking that it would be months before we were able to gather in person again. Uh, and then, as you all know, the world just kept changing. Uh, masks and hand sanitizers became a normal part of everyday life. Uh, the demand for toilet paper went through the roof. I still haven't figured out why. Uh, words like COVID-19, asymptomatic, and flatten the curve uh, became normal everyday household concepts. I know they still make some of you shudder a bit. Uh, shelter in place went to, from this sort of foreign unknown uh, phrase to our constant reality uh, for months on end. Uh, and in our shock, uh, all we could do was keep using the word unprecedented. Uh, this is an unprecedented situation. These things have never happened before. It's so unprecedented over and over again. Uh, and it was, to be fair, unprecedented. Uh, but what shocked me most in what we went through in the last year was not necessarily what happened in the culture, strange and unprecedented uh, as it was, but rather it was what happened in the church. Almost immediately upon sheltering in place, uh, I started receiving emails, text messages, and even phone calls from people who wanted to share conspiracy theories. And they all stemmed or were born out of our unprecedented situation. God has spoken to me while sheltering in place, one pastor proclaimed. And he's told me that Nancy Pelosi and Bill Gates are going to take over the world. There's going to be one global government and one currency just like it talks about in the book of Revelation. The future vaccine that they come out with will be the mark of the beast, which you need to participate in their new global government and global economy. Here's what's going to go down, and here's what you need to know. And then the next video would be forwarded along or texted to me. Donald Trump is actually the Antichrist or the beast from the land. And he's going to take over the U.S. government and become a dictator. And here's how it's going to happen. 
have been given this insight and revelation. And then the next podcast, the next email, uh, and I'm not even on social media. So I was completely insulated over the last year and a half from all of the stuff that went around on there. And still, despite that, uh, I felt rather um, bombarded by all of these different uh, things that were being sent to me. Uh, And it was amazing to me uh, how much traction many of those theories gained among Christian circles. Uh, And what ultimately COVID-19 accelerated was the rise of the YouTube prophet. Men and women who are often um, free-floating, they're not rooted, grounded, they're not uh, connected to a community, they don't have community, they don't have accountability in many cases, but they have a microphone or they have a camera. Uh, And they gained tremendous following Uh, sometimes getting millions of views or millions of followers and millions of people uh, to buy into their theories, uh, often with zero evidence uh, beyond their own intuition or beyond um, their their supposed revelations that they had received. And these conspiracy theories um, infiltrated very successfully the American church over the course of the last year and a half. In fact, one of the studies I read said that the statistical majority of American pastors actually hear people in their churches regularly uh, talk about and affirm uh, the conspiracy theories that they've heard on a regular basis, the majority of the American uh, evangelical church. Uh, And these conspiracy theories, which were mentioned in the studies, uh, are some of the uh, things that I mentioned a moment ago. It's along those lines or that flavor of thing. Uh, And here's the problem. The conspiracy theories weren't true. They didn't happen. Every theory that I was sent, their timelines have already elapsed, and the things they claimed were going to happen did not happen. And then come the excuses. Well, it was just delayed. Or, well, God changed his mind. Or, well, I I now have new revelation, a new theory to share with you. And because of the relationship of YouTube prophets with their followers, uh, there's no accountability. Uh, There's actually very little rejection of the false uh, prophetic voice. They just kind of get a free pass and everyone pretends like it didn't happen. Uh, And many of us, millions of us, continue to carry their theories uh, into the future, even without them, uh, and allow them to shape our lives. Uh, And what's remarkable to me is how similar this situation is uh, to what Paul was dealing with in the early church. He says, hey, I've brought you this gospel. I've brought you this announcement. And it's all about Jesus. It's all about who he is and what he's done, the life that we have in him. He wants everyone to be rooted in that, enjoying that. But then along come other messages, completely outside of Paul's message. And and so these original recipients of the gospel then have to decide, um, is Jesus enough? Is everything that Paul has given us, uh, is his gospel enough? Or do I need something more? 
Uh, do I need uh, extra insights, new revelations, new theories in order to come into a place of wholeness in my faith? Uh, in the passage we read last week, uh, Paul says, uh, and I quote, I tell you this, everything he's been sharing about the gospel, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. And then again this week, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. What he's saying is, hey, don't let people distract you um, and, and, and pull you away from what I planted you on. Uh, they're going to bring new and additional stuff uh, that actually detracts or distracts from your faith in Christ. Uh, and yet, that was the effect of so much of what happened over the last year, year and a half. Uh, in the end, at the end of the day, they were hollow theories that didn't come to pass, that weren't true, that really uh, distracted us from what we were supposed to be doing and following after Jesus over this last year. Uh, someone else advanced uh, fine-sounding arguments and clever theories. Um, who knows why? Perhaps they really believed they were receiving those things from God. Uh, perhaps they just wanted our attention. Perhaps they wanted power. Perhaps they wanted us to hate the people that they hate. But something in us at a flesh level really reacted to a lot of those things. And something in us jumped up and said, yes, like some, something in here must be true. That's a fine-sounding argument. When in reality, it was a hollow and empty philosophy. You see, when I read that phrase, hollow and empty philosophy, uh, what I think of, first and foremost, is philosophy. I think of the actual philosophy and philosophers of the Greek and Roman world, many of whom continue uh, to shape sort of the, the Western uh, culture today. Uh, and, and so I, I think about some of those ideas and the hollow and empty philosophies of our secular culture and the ways that those can distract us from following Jesus. Um, your life is all about you and your pleasure. That, that's a hollow, deceptive philosophy. And you, there, nothing bad should ever happen to you in your life. And if something bad happens, well, then it's God's fault if he exists. You should blame it on him. You should distance yourself from him. Question all authority. Anyone who sets themselves up as objective truth, as authority. You question the idea of God. You throw out the scripture. You, anyone in your life who tries to set themselves up as an authority. You, you are to live your life individually. Life is about you. It's about your pleasure. It's about uh, your uh, self-expression and your experience. And any form of morality, any form of external authority, then, then shackles you and, and your pursuit of that secular dream. These are all examples of sort of the hollow and empty philosophy uh, that the world peddles to us, that our secular culture tries to sell us. 
that, that seek to kind of undermine uh, life with Jesus and following after him in the way that he calls us true. And so when I read Paul's warning, I think, oh, the hollow and empty uh, philosophy of the world, surely that's the Greek and Roman philosophy uh, the Western culture being born that we still, the church is still wrestling with today. Surely that's what he's railing uh, against. Um, and it's true that Paul does take aim at those broken philosophies and worldviews uh, throughout his ministry. But in this particular passage, he's actually not talking about Greek and Roman philosophy which seeks to kind of distract or undermine. He's actually talking about internal threats. He's talking about, about threats and distractions and, and, and broken philosophies that come up from within the faith community. He's talking about religious ideas, spin-offs, distractions. In fact, this phrase that he uses is a play on words that's actually lost on us as we read the words in English. But in the original Greek, the word that he uses for take captive, make sure no one takes you captive. That, word, that phrase, take captive, which I won't even try to pronounce in Greek, um, is remarkably similar to the word for synagogue. So if you were reading it or listening to it in the original language, it would have been like Paul saying, hey, make sure you don't get synagogued. Make sure that you don't get taken in by, by a different version of the gospel. It's going to sound very spiritual and very religious. They're going to come and try and add something that you feel is lacking to the gospel that I gave you. But he's saying, I, 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 what I gave you was the pure and radical gospel. Stay rooted in that. Don't get synagogued. Or if he were writing today, he might say, don't get YouTubed, right? Like, don't get sucked into that black hole thinking, I need something else to complete my faith. I need something more than Jesus and the radical gospel that Paul gave us. And I know what you're thinking as I share these things. Now, wait a second. Uh, what do sort of law-preaching, legalistic synagogues have to do with the trendy uh, YouTube conspiracy theory uh, prophets of our day? Aren't they just worlds apart in what they were doing and what they were preaching? And the answer is yes and no. Uh, what they were saying, in essence, is, I'm so glad uh, that you found Jesus and have a basic understanding of Scripture. That's a great start, but it's not enough. This is the common thread between them. What you really need is to add what we have to offer, our special knowledge, our surpassing revelation. Paul laid a great foundation. Now, now let us come and build on that. Let us add what you are lacking. You're halfway there, but you lack these special revelations that, that we have been given. And yet, in both cases, uh, what these new groups uh, that, that are calling and, and beckoning people into, uh, particularly followers of Jesus, the thing about these groups is that they themselves are not rooted in Jesus. That's why every video and every conspiracy theory that I was given or forwarded, every single one failed. None of them came to pass. 
So they were rooted in something. They might have believed they were hurting something, hearing something, but they weren't rooted in Jesus. In fact, Scripture says, hey, if someone's setting themselves up as a prophet and what they're saying never comes to pass, it's a pretty good sign that they're not, what, they're, what they're sharing isn't actually a special revelation from God. That's one of the tests of someone who sets themselves up as a prophetic voice. And, and none of those things happened, at least the ones that I was forwarded and given. So they weren't rooted in Jesus. Uh, the, the message of the YouTube prophets was not, is not rooted in him. It's rooted in something else. And we could speculate about what that is. Is it just human tradition and things that other people told them? Human intuition? Wishful thinking? What they wanted to happen? The elemental spiritual forces of this world? Who knows? But it, but it wasn't Jesus. They weren't, they weren't rooted in Him, connected to Him. Uh, and yet, by being swept up in, in all of those uh, theories and all of those distractions, uh, we can actually become uh, uh, more and more oblivious to the call of God on our lives. We can sense it at one point, and then we can actually be distracted from it by other uh, forces. Uh, God says that I'm to go and share the message of His Son with the world. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, we're, we're marked for that. We're to carry that into the nation. And yet, as I get mixed up in all of those other things, I end up broadcasting a very different message than the message of His Son He's asked me to carry. I end up spending my time broadcasting messages about Bill Gates and the Antichrist and the end times. God says, share your gifts with the world. What have, I, what have I gifted you for? You share that in the marketplace. You share your gifts in the church. You share that with people who don't know Jesus. And instead, as we get distracted by other stuff, too often we, we then bury our gifts in fear. We, we succumb to a sort of a fear-based cynicism. We withdraw. That was the effect of the people who got the deepest into those theories, is that I'm actually going to withdraw. I'm going to withdraw from the gathered community I'm going to withdraw from the church. I'm going to withdraw from culture and go do my own thing. Instead of spirit-filled people sacrificially loving others and sharing their time, talent, and resources and spiritual gifts with the world, the people who went the deepest into those things ended up being very angry people, sort of withdrawing, holed up in their basement with, with a shotgun and canned food tweeting angry messages about politicians that they hate. You see how different those two images are. Like what God calls us to do um, and, and what those theories shaped us to become. So wait, how did that happen? How did we move from sort of the spirit-filled, generous, risking type of people to, to, the, to the very closed, angry, bitter people? Well, we got caught up listening to the wrong voices. In fact, a few verses later, uh, we'll get to this in maybe in two weeks, uh, Paul says this in Colossians. He says, Do not let, let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you, distract you from the race that you're running. Such a person goes into great detail about what they have seen in their podcasts and on their YouTube videos. 
I've seen all of these things that I can now tell you. They're puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection from the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Paul says that's actually two issues that he's mentioning at once. Uh, one, you're listening to, the, you say, oh, I have these angelic revelations and I'm going to go on and on and tell you about it. But in reality, there's, there's two issues. One is that you're not rooted in the body. You notice there's these like sinews and ligaments and everything being held together in a coherent body. He says you're not rooted in the body. You're not rooted in the church. You, you don't have accountability and community. And you're not, as a result, you're also not connected to the head that is Jesus. You're just going and, and doing things that you, you think are spiritual, you think are revelations, but you've lost that connection with the head. So you'll go into great lengths to share these, these heavenly messages that you've received, and, and you've got plenty of followers on YouTube, people who will react on an emotional level and buy into what that person is saying. But Paul says, hey, they're puffed up with idle notions. And in some level, somewhere deep down, they know that stuff isn't true. They might be hoping it's true, but, but they, they know deep down that it's not. And, and you know what? Most of the people who got really excited about those theories, uh, this is what's so unique about the time that we live in, is that, that many of the people who bought into those theories themselves kind of knew. Like, I, I kind of know deep in my heart that this isn't real, this isn't reality, but I'm going to go with it, and I'm going to retweet it, and I'm going to start building my life as if it were true, which is, which is a very unusual thing that I think happens within the church. Uh, but, but there's so many reasons, I think, that we we're drawn to those things, and one of them is that we we're just bored. You're sheltering in place, you're angry, you're anxious, and you're just bored. So many uh, people just wanted the rush of, of, of hearing those things, of believing those things. We wanted to be united with others through our hatred of someone. In fact, I think we would rather feel hatred and excitement than, than boredom. We, we would rather feel hatred than nothing at all. Somehow, I'm bored because Jesus and the gospel just aren't enough for me right now. In fact, in some cases, I've lost connection with the head and therefore become even more susceptible to every voice, to every video, to every theory. I can be cut off from community as the hypothetical person, then, then becomes free-floating and disconnected and isolated, and you end up online in, in the weird digital age that we live in, just cycling. You don't even have to click. They'll just cycle the videos for you, one to the next to the next, and, and deeper you go down the rabbit hole. And guess what? Three videos in, somebody is going to say something that appeals to you, that catches your attention, that makes you say, oh, wow, what if that were true? Something that tickles our ears, something that excites wouldn't that be wild? And, and off we go. This is the nightmare of the digital marketplace. 
everybody gets a mic and no one is accountable. And if I can get a lot of views, I hate to say it, but I can get a lot of money too. So I tap into hatred. I tap into outrage. How much of it was just fueled? I just want to be angry about something. I just want to vent at someone. Hey, that's a great avenue. I'll latch on to that theory. I, I, I will get online and tickle people's ears. I will tell them what they want to hear, what they, in some sense, maybe even wish were true. And Paul says, don't be taken captive. Don't let them distract you. Don't let them disqualify. In fact, Paul says to the Galatians, which Galatia was not far from, from Colossae. They were facing similar things. He says this in the book of Galatians. He says, I didn't yield to them, same group. I didn't yield to them for one second so that the gospel might be preserved for you. I'm not going to take an ounce of that. I'm not going to yield to that for one second because I want the pure, full, radical gospel to be presented to you. Instead of having our ears tickled and our hatred inflamed, being taken captive by hollow and empty theories that come from human beings or the, or the elemental spiritual forces of this world and not from God, instead, Paul says, the, the antidote, the solution, is to be rooted in Him. Just, just, just as we close for a moment, just think about that. Just, mat, just picture rooted. What does it mean to be rooted in Him? It's not surface level. It's not, oh yeah, I know about Jesus. I have, I have ideas about Him. I have information in the abstract. He said, no, 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 you need to know Him. You, you need to be rooted in Him. You need to be enjoying Him and, and practicing His presence. Abide in Him as He abides in you. We'll end with this. These are the verses that we started with this morning. He says, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. We, we, when we practice those things, when you, when you stay rooted in Him, you, you, when you abide in Him, you, you won't be swayed by every YouTube prophet that cycles your way. That's the solution. That's what... That's, Instead, Paul says, he says, come out of that. Don't get synagogued. Don't get YouTubed. Don't get distracted. Don't go down those rabbit holes. Come out of that, Paul's saying, and come back to the center. Be rooted in Him, overflowing with thankfulness for His presence, for His grace, for His spirit, for His mercy, for His abounding love. You, you come back to that. You rejoice in reality. You stay rooted in, in that reality. And he'll show you the way forward. He'll show you how to navigate any crazy, bizarre situation that, that we face or that we go through. Like you, you have it. You have him. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the radical grace of God. 
even if it were the end times, Jesus himself tells you how to navigate that. You don't need those other voices. The rest will take care of itself. He says, you don't need anything more. You don't need something more than him, Paul is saying. You need more of him. Let's pray. Jesus, we recognize uh, that we were born in a unique time and place, that you actually um, knit us together, that we were an idea um, long before we, we were even conceived, Lord. You, you, we were an idea in your mind, that you uh, conceived us, that you brought us into the world uh, at a very specific time. And it's so easy to look in the, in the past and say, oh, wasn't it simpler in the past I wish I had been born then, a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, or even to long for the future. Oh, won't things be better then? In, in our optimism, won't, won't, won't these issues evaporate? Can't we? Couldn't I have been born later? And yet, Lord, that, that's not what you intended. That's not what you planned. This, this is it. You, you brought us into being in this moment that we're living in for this moment, to be your people, to be your light in this place. With all of its craziness, with all of the voices, with the unique things that we're up against and that we face in the here and now. So Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be people um, who yearn for the past or who yearn too much for the future in the sense of whatever the, the years ahead or the century that lies ahead of us. Lord, may we be people rooted in the present, uh, but aware of, of the age to come. God, would you maybe just speak to us this morning as we worship about what it looks like to be rooted. Uh, if any of us have been listening to the wrong voices or rooted in the wrong voices, would you come, Lord, as, as the master gardener uh, and uproot, shift, transplant us deeper into the fertile soil that is your gospel. Lord, there's so many things that uh, at the out taste, uh, at, the, at, the, the out, at the beginning, they taste very sweet. But then as our roots sink deeper and deeper down, they become bitter, they become dry, they begin uh, shaping us in ways that they shouldn't. And so would you come, Lord? Uh, there's so many voices in our culture. There's so many hollow and empty philosophies. Perhaps you would come this morning, Jesus, and in the power of your spirit, you would just sort, sift our hearts. And you would begin gently, out of love, in conviction, but with power saying, here, this is something that needs to be uprooted. That's a broken and empty philosophy from the secular culture. Hey, this is something that, that also needs to be uprooted. This is, a, this is a broken and empty attitude, mentality, conspiracy theory that you picked up somewhere that just wasn't of me. Don't let that shape you. Let me shape you. Jesus, may you have your way in this place. Would you shape us into the men and women that we were intended to become. Come now, Holy Spirit, root out those things uh, which are not of you, 
and, and may we hear that 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 call, that almost pleading of Paul. Hey, don't get synagogue, don't get YouTube, don't get distracted and get pulled out into oblivion. No, 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 no. Release that stuff and come back to the center. Rest in his grace and the radical nature of who he is. He is enough. Jesus, we proclaim that in this place, that you are enough. And what we need is not more than you, but is more of you. Come, touch, heal, restore, fill, do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name.